Hello and welcome to episode number 294 of Out There, and we are definitely not your evening news. It'll be a great show coming up tonight. Alan Watt joins us from a secret location somewhere in Ontario, Canada. Alan is an expert on the matrix world we're living in. Should be a great show. Very knowledgeable man. Listen, before we get to the news tonight, uh, we're asking you to visit our website to view a couple of incredible video clips. First, you've got to take a look at the two new MTV commercials warning young viewers to wake up and start thinking about the direction our society is heading. This is on MTV. The new music videos are telling kids to pay attention to what's happening, making it very clear to them that the U.S. could soon become a police state under martial law. Then check out the CNN interview with economist John Williams, who states that in two years, a U.S. $100 bill will be worth about the same as a roll of toilet paper. Williams says that the combination of record home foreclosures and dozens of bank closings will lead to a complete elimination of the dollar as we know it. These stories and many more on the breaking news page at OutThereTV.com. And our website, by the way, is looking incredible these days, mm -hmm. so please check it out. Few realize it, but every minute of the day, federal agents are watching the financial transactions of millions of Americans without their knowledge. Federal agents admitted last week they're now spying on regular citizens, some who have as little as $50 in their bank accounts. They couldn't care less how much you have. What they're looking for is where your money's coming from or to whom you're writing checks to. It's the same type of financial spying that nailed New York Governor Elliot Spitzer in the government's attempt to find traces of money laundering, check fraud, or any crime implicating deposits or withdrawals that could be linked to terrorism. Barry Steinhardt of the ACLU says people have no idea how much American freedoms are eroding or just how pervasive Big Brother really is. Neither do Americans realize their most private financial transactions are being routinely examined and reported on to Homeland Security. The number of suspicious financial activity reports on American citizens has soared from 400,000 back in 2003 to 2 million just last year. John Coleman, who founded the Weather Channel back in 1982, says he wants to sue former Vice President Al Gore for fraud, hoping a legal forum will settle the global warming debate once and for all. Coleman says as you look at the atmosphere over the last 25 years, there's been perhaps one degree of warming, but there's been many more degrees of global cooling. And he's right. In just the last couple of years, record high snow levels and cold temperatures are setting new records everywhere in the U.S. West, Canada, China, and Australia. Coleman says the cooling of the planet is so significant, if we continue the trend another year, the general public will at last begin to realize they've been scammed on the entire global warming issue. Coleman spoke to Fox News after his recent appearance last week at the Conference on Climate Change in New York, where he blasted the Weather Channel's decision to focus on traffic and lifestyle reports over the weather. Coleman says he's thinking seriously about suing Al Gore for fraud and putting a stop to this global warming nonsense once and for all. Boy, this next story will be of great concern to our thousands of Canadian viewers. This past February 14th, Canada and the U.S. signed an agreement which allows for the covert deployment of U.S. troops inside Canada. There was no official announcement. In fact, the agreement was barely mentioned by either the U.S. or 
or Canadian media. It's also been learned that in response to the 9-11 attacks, the Canadian government secretly reached an agreement with Homeland Security entitled the Canada-U.S. Smart Border Declaration. Shrouded in secrecy, this agreement hands over to Homeland Security and the U.S. government confidential information on all Canadian citizens. It also provides U.S. authorities with complete access to the banking, tax and health records of millions of Canadians without their knowledge. Ultimately, what is at stake here is that Canada could cease to function as a nation by the end of 2012, its borders controlled by the U.S. Amazing. U.S. troops will also be permitted to operate in the open in Canada as a result of a binational arrangement allowing Canadian citizens to be arrested by U.S. officials. Last week, there were dozens of news stories about the record number of Canadian Americans moving to Canada to escape surveillance, the Patriot Act, and the encroaching Big Brother society here in the U.S. So unless Canadians move quickly to prevent the U.S. from taking control of their country, well, it soon won't matter which nation you move to. You see them at the supermarket, aggressively pushing their shopping carts around, and you get this feeling that if you didn't move fast enough, they might just run into you. There's an undercurrent of suppressed rage, hostility, and detachment, as if they're on some other planet. You see the same thing driving down the road, one hand on the wheel, the other hand holding up a cell phone, charging through traffic just as aggressively as the people in the supermarket pushing around their shopping cart. Sadly, people don't seem to smile much anymore, angry at someone or something. No one wants to talk about anything that matters. And if you do want to discuss anything other than sports, sex, or dancing with the stars, no one seems even remotely interested. The bigger concern is people never used to be like this, even our leaders. Now they're hostile, impatient, abrupt, suspicious, even threatening. Neither does anyone want to complain about anything, whether it's the wiretapping of your phone, the 8 million surveillance cameras in the country, or corrupt government officials. They just look at you and roll their eyes like your Mel Gibson's crazy character in conspiracy theory if you dare to express your dissatisfaction with the status quo. And God forbid, don't mention 9-11 or conspiracy theories relating to it or the real reason for the Iraq war, because those topics really get people uncomfortable. Sadly, like the Germans who were a Afraid to speak out, we've now become a nation of sheep, dumbed down, unable to think, waiting to be told what to do. Big thanks to Leon Fisher at the National Expositor for that story. You can read more at nationalexpositor.com. Time for our first commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk about the disease, well, it's not a disease at all, ADHD and how young people are actually dying from the treatment.
a recent suicide involving a 15-year-old British boy could now be linked to an increase in his Ritalin prescription. Anthony Cole, who was diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, had been taking Ritalin for six years. But suddenly the boy began acting differently around his family shortly after his dosage was increased. In fact, a few days before his death, the boy asked his mother how to write a will and even inquired about life insurance. Well, then the unthinkable. Last week, his father found him hanging in his room. Anthony's death has brought to the forefront the fact that 25 million British and American kids are being prescribed Ritalin, an amphetamine-like stimulant which has the same effect as speed and cocaine, and which, according to the latest medical evidence, does no good in the long run. Most importantly, Ritalin has now proven to stunt growth, cause heart stress and weight problems, along with a growing number of severe psychiatric disorders. In the U.S., there have been 51 deaths among children and adults taking Ritalin since 1999. Eleven British children have died. Both American and British experts fear that deadly psychotropic drugs are not only being used to control children's behavior, but are being massively overprescribed to children who are just plain naughty. In the the U.S., one in ten children is on Ritalin, and doctors write two million prescriptions a month for the drug. Well, for the first time since they were invented, metal detectors have been selling out in the U.S., and in Florida, there's a month-long waiting list to get one. Jacksonville, Florida, beachgoer Faye Powell said she's been using a metal detector to search for gold items that now sell for $1,000 an ounce. Of course, the beach is the perfect place for treasure hunters because so many people lose jewelry in the sand after removing rings and necklaces to apply suntan lotion or to go for a swim. News reports all over Florida say piles of gold, jewelry, and coins, including a few gold Spanish doubloons, have been pouring into beachside pawn shops in recent weeks. And to the hundreds of out there TV viewers who took our nagging advice five years ago to buy large amounts of gold, we imagine you're pretty happy campers now. European Union Foreign Policy Chief Javier Solana is warning that the European Union needs to beef up its military capabilities because of potential uprising caused by climate changes. Out-of-control drought and fungi are expected to create huge crop shortages in Africa, the Middle East, which in turn would affect the stability of that vitally strategic region. Water shortages in Israel are also of growing concern. And while global warming seems to be a misnomer for climate change, European leaders are our warning of sea level rises, along with the intensity and frequency of natural disasters, which could lead to millions of displaced people. New World Order investigators are also concerned, as food and water shortages, whether natural or artificially induced, could be the perfect excuse for the implementation of martial law worldwide. Finally tonight, a Berkeley watchdog organization that tracks military spending says it's uncovered a very strange military proposal. The plan and to create a hormone bomb that could turn enemy soldiers into homosexuals and make them more interested in sex than fighting the enemy. Edward Hammond of Berkeley used the Freedom of Information Act to obtain a copy of the military's $10 million gay bomb proposal from the Air Force's Wright Lab in Dayton, Ohio. As part of a military effort to develop non-lethal weapons, their proposal states an effective non-lethal weapon would be strong aphrodisiacs, especially if the chemical caused instant homosexual behavior. This is too funny. Gay community leaders in California said they found the notion of a gay bomb both offensive and laughable at the same time, especially 
when you consider that American soldiers and military commanders would also be exposed to the aerosol aphrodisiac. you got to wonder who comes up with these ideas. Can't you see it now? Like 300,000 <laughs> soldiers instantly with limp wrists. There you <laughs> Stop go. it. Hey, when we come back, uh, the, the guy that's uh, our Matrix expert and an Illuminati historian, Alan Watt, joins us on the program. Watt has spent decades researching the way cultures are created and altered by those in control. Born in Scotland, he watched as the politicians and media covertly guided the population into a European amalgamation. Now living in Canada, Alan is warning that the same process is being used to force our populations into a North American Union without our consent and without full disclosure. Welcome, Alan. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, Alan, one of the things that I like, we just watched your video uh, a couple of days ago, and you talk about the hive mentality, how we worker bees basically work our tails off building things for the royal class. How did that happen? It's uh, in modern and ancient uh, religions, they used to use the symbol of the beehive as a perfect society where you had the, the, the queen at the top, the royalty, and all the workers beneath them that did all the work, of course, with a, a priestly class or drones kind of managing the food, etc. Uh, right, right down to deciding which ones would get royal jelly and which ones would become worker bees according to how they were fed. And we find all of these techniques being used today. The hive, the word hive, the term is being used by big think tanks and institutions to describe the modern society they're bringing into being. It's not here totally yet. We see it all uh, emerging around us, this new... Uh, it's really a scientific dictatorship, as Aldo Huxley described it, and it's to be run by professionals and experts, and the public are to be given a new type of government. Really, they call it governance, as opposed to government. Alan, who do you think is responsible for this one big world government? It's an amalgamation of um, very old societies. Um, we find that in the 1800s, for instance, out of Britain, you had societies that were given royal charters to create a new system. Part of the system to, to be to take over all natural resources of the planet and one of those societies was the Cecil Rhodes Foundation that eventually blossomed into the Royal Institute for International Affairs. And it's got branches across the planet. Um, most of your media, your regular media, are members. You have to be invited to become a member. And uh, journalists, uh, newspaper owners, and the Council on Foreign Relations is their main one in the U.S. Now, in the United States, the Council on Foreign Relations came out on national television in Canada in 2005 as their own organization for the first time and they admitted that they had basically drafted up um, the drafts 
to be signed by presidents and prime ministers for the amalgamation of the Americas. Now, they are classed officially as a non-governmental, non-political body. And here they are drafting up legislation which they hand to every government that then signs it into law. So we're not run by any kind of democracy by any means or any stretch of the imagination. We are already, and we have been for a long time, run by this super government, this parallel government, yeah. as Professor Carl Quigley called it in his book, Tragedy and Hope. Um, it's, it's made up of the big institutions like the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, the RAND Corporation with think tanks, many other think tanks, big foundations like the Rockefellers, etc., contribute to it, not just financially, but by uh, using their own think tanks and networking together to bring this new world order. I mean, we've got to understand that even David Rockefeller hands out world citizenship awards. He's been handing them out for about uh, almost 20 years now. Well, how can they be doing world citizen awards yeah. if we're still supposedly sovereign nations? There's a dilemma here, and it's never explained to the public. The, the fact is, since the United Nations was set up and signed uh, in 1945-46, uh, we have been part of a global system. And uh, any country since then that's been attacked by NATO or the UN forces has simply been uh, a rogue nation, a nation that didn't yeah. come in to become standardized under this one same system that they term to the public democracy, but in fact is a totalitarian scientific type of dictatorship right. where everything is ordered perfectly from birth to grave. Um, they, they want a transition phase uh, as we go through the next transition of creating new types of humans. That's in all the newspapers. They call it post-humanism and post-humanism agenda. Like Aldous Aldo Huxley. Yes, and Aldo Huxley, um, remember, he was the grandson of Sir Thomas Huxley, who was the best friend of Charles Darwin, and who then ran with Darwinism after Darwin died. And his son, Aldo, uh, worked with Tavistock uh, Institute, which was to deal with scientifically created propaganda and mind control out of London, and formulas for the media to copy for perfect propaganda. And his brother, uh, Julian Huxley, became the first uh, CEO of UNESCO because they wanted to get, get a common role, uh, education across the world so that everyone would be given the same indoctrination. And he did say indoctrination. You can see it happening in Germany, Alan, because the, uh, the government there is forbidding parents to homeschool because the, uh, the country says they want to have the, the, the child from, you know, two years of age up till 21 years of age to provide their own brand of indoctrination. Right. So um, and, and there's a, there's I, I didn't catch any of that. <laughs> uh, okay, what, what Richard was saying was that um, in Germany they're working very hard to uh, stop the homeschooling. They won't allow them to homeschool anymore, and, yes. and they're specifically doing that so that the children are indoctrinated according to state rules, regulations, thought. Yep. Um, any idea of that happening in other places in the world? Everything that happens in the United States, Canada, or Britain is happening across the whole planet at the same time. As I say, we, we are already under a governmental world system, and uh, the big institutions, as I say, they, they draft up legislation. Every law that's been passed, uh, even to do with building codes, farming codes, every code you can imagine to do with living, 
food industry has been has come from the United Nations for the last 50 years, and now it's even more apparent they've come out in the open and admitted that. Right. Alan, we have to go for a commercial break right now. When we come back, I'd like to talk about the privatization of what used to be municipal services like water and power and how that is used as a method of control. We'll be right back. We're on the phone with Alan Watt. Alan, we have so many points to get through, so we're just going to shoot a bunch of questions at you. Maybe you can just fill in people quickly and then encourage them to watch your DVD because it's very uh, informational. Alan, the privatization of municipal services, we see it happening everywhere. What does that have to do with this new world order and globalization project? It's, it, it, again, it was explained by Professor Carl Quigley, who was a member of the Council on Foreign Relations and the historian for them. And he said that the up-and-coming system is to be a new feudal system where the feudal overlords will be the CEOs of international corporations. And by that, he meant that they would run everything that the average person needs to live, food, water, clothing, heating, housing, and so on. It's also to go into um, the, the, the United Nations Biodiversity Treaty where they've set up Agenda 21, the agenda for the 21st century. They want to start moving people en masse out of their, their land right. and the rural areas, put them into the already overcrowded city as a temporary phase as they bring down the populations. And, and then uh, for the elite wealthy class, they have their, their dash house in the country, these ultra-modern high-tech homes with solar heating and all the rest of it uh, as they go through a step-by-step -step process for three generations. Alan, how are they going to do this? I mean, who's going to grow their food for them? If right. these these people, how is that going Not to happen? Not only that, but you, Alan, have you heard about, we had a gentleman called Bill Ryan on back a couple of weeks ago, and he said he heard from a Norwegian parliamentary minister that they're building underground bunkers to protect the, the elite of the country and letting the citizens fend for themselves. Have you heard anything about that? Yes, they've been, they've been Margaret Thatcher, in fact, um, was under the microscope back in the 1980s about the same thing when it was disclosed by Man Alive program investigative team uh, that Britain was doing the same thing for the wealthy elite. And they questioned Thatcher for it, about it, and she said, yes, we do have these underground homes uh, where those who are necessary for the survival and continuity of government and the race will go to survive for however long it might be. It could be 100, 200 years, if need be. And uh, so that's been admitted. She also admitted that no member of the public that wasn't um, approved would get in. They'd be shot by right. members of the special air service who would guard the entrances. But I still don't yeah. know how these, I mean, these wealthy people, they can't do anything for themselves. Who's going to work for them? I mean, if everybody's shoved in these cities and they're decreasing the population, it kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? Not really. No, you don't understand the big scope here. When they talk about post-humanist era, 
and it's all over the science magazines now in universities. Uh, and, and you look at the transhumanist agenda and look at the world meetings they're having. They're talking about a new type of more efficient worker, humanoid type, which they're going to create, just like Aldo Huxley's Brave New World. Yeah. They have the means to do it. They've been experimenting with it. And they believe that once they come out of some crisis, whether it's man-made or otherwise, probably will be man-made with pandemics and so on. According to Brown, he's boasting that these plagues are definitely coming soon and are going to wipe out a lot of the people. Uh, then they hope to then create scientifically more perfected slaves. And they've written lots about it. Um, they've had world meetings on, on this at Loyola University, even to do with the brain chipping of the entire population during this transition process from humanist, humanist to, to post-humanist agenda. So, wow, that's amazing. How do these secret societies fit into this? We have Freemasons and, of course, the Skull and Bones and all that. Are they an active part of this, or are they like a cover? Most of them are a cover. They've always used charitable institutions at the bottom. It isn't until you dig into them in a deeper, deeper level that most of these philanthropic organizations have an actual intergenerational agenda. And, see, we think in very short-term planning, we think of our, in our lifetime what we can accomplish. These characters wrote 300-odd years ago, and even longer. John Dee wrote about a coming world system. He called it the British Empire. He coined the term, uh, including free trade, etc., uh, across the planet, and how they'd bring every country in the world under it by force if necessary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that, was, that was in the 16th century. Alan, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, you've, you know, we banter around the word Illuminati quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, who are, is, is this organization really, in fact, out there running things, or do we just use the word as a, as a blanket for everybody in the elite? It's a blanket term today, but if you go to the Oxford Dictionaries, the old ones, they'll tell you that the term Illuminati was first used in the 15th century, and then down through the centuries, and the illumined ones, in other words, are those who believe they're the highest evolved uh, species on the planet and they have high intellect, and for they do believe they have the right to rule the rest of the people and do with them as they please. Um, it's an elitist, psychopathic organization, in fact. But the, the secret societies, um, there's no doubt whatsoever they've had a hand in this. And I have many of their old books. Right. And when you go into it, uh, the eugenics programs that we now hear about, the we call them bioethics committees now since World War II because eugenics uh, got a bad name during Hitler's reign, and so they call it bioethics. Uh, these worldwide bioethics uh, committees are working on eugenics and the creation of new, new superhumans, more perfected humans, etc., and life extension, but not to be given to everyone, only for those who are worthy and deserve it. On your, in in a, a, something I listened to on your website, you had a word called pathocracy. What does that mean? Pathocracy is the nature of evil, uh, because uh, in times gone by, even the ancient Greeks um, uh, talked about what was it? It was called pornology and, and pathocracy. A pathocracy is really a, a, a hierarchy ruling the world of psychopaths, inbred psychopaths. Now, Plato talked about this 2,300-odd years ago, and he said that we, the aristocracy, he was a member then, who interbreed, and they had their mates selected for special qualities and accumulation of wealth to prove that they were superior. 
um, he said we always turn out similar types of offspring with same natures and same abilities. And here we have done through thousands of years people right. who, have, who have accumulated incredible wealth through cunning and guile, but basically they're psychopathic. They don't have natural human compassion. Um, we know this in the business world. It's been written about recently, too, that many of the bosses who get up to the top in the business world, uh, the cutthroat ones, are psychopaths by nature. They thrive in a, in a, a commercialized society sure. because they can claw their way up, get rid of anyone standing in their way, and they have no no, no guilt feelings about, about it. Yep, that's right. Now, this this line of the, 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 these people in the world, uh, Alan, who uh, who belong to these organizations or who could be Illuminati members. I mean, if you have a certain amount of money, uh, you know, can you join? Can you become part of the elite crowd? Yes, much of it is very old money, and that was part of the prerequisites. It isn't some, simply a matter of winning the, the, the national lotto or the Irish sweepstake. Uh, you've got to have the culture and what they call the breeding. Okay, got it. Uh, they, they, you use the term breeding, good breeding, uh, for two, three hundred years very openly. Where do the Freemasons fit into this? Century. Alan, where do the Freemasons fit in? The Freemasons are... Uh, they seem very innocuous when you first look at their, what they're about until you go into their higher workings, their higher sources, and they themselves are Illuminati, all members who, who are born again in the ritual uh, of, of being born again uh, are members technically of the Illuminati. But then so are professors and people inside universities because you're part of the alumni, the Lumined Ones. Um, the name came out and became very popular with conspiracy buffs uh, over Adam Weishaupt. Now, he was only in charge of one branch of Freemasonry, and he took the heat for an agenda that really was throughout all of Masonry, and it's still on today, to perfect man himself. They left to perfect that which the builders left imperfect. That's man himself to rebuild him. Okay, Alan, we're going to have to take a commercial break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk. There's so much going on in Tibet right now. The, China, the oppression uh, by the Chinese of the Tibetan, and there's even talk of the Dalai Lama uh, retire, going bowing out because of this. But this has much deeper roots than just this, uh, these episodes that are going on right now. We'll be right back with Alan Watt. All right, uh, we're back, and our guest tonight uh, from somewhere in Ontario, Canada, is Alan Watt. Alan, you still there? Yes, sir. And uh, by the way, uh, the website is cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Alan, uh, one of Hitler's men, Goring, uh, had, had an incredible statement. I want to read it and, uh, and ask you about it. He says, voice or no voice, the people can always be brought to the bidding of their leaders. It's easy, he says. All you have to do is tell them that they're being attacked by terrorists and denounce the pacifists for lack of patriotism. And Goring says it works the same in every country. Alan, things just don't change, do they? 
No, they don't change, and the same techniques were used by Nero and others in ancient Rome. Uh, they always take away the public's freedoms and rights under the guise of the same thing, which is terrorism. And it's rather odd, if people only think about it, that not so long ago they had, they had the red under the bed scare during the communist era, mm-hmm. and the media poo-pooed that. However, the same media that works again for the CFR is promulgating this hype, hype, hype of terror everywhere. It could be you, it could be your neighbor, it yes. could be uh, your, your own family, your offspring. Uh, and, and we're creating up a tremendous paranoia. But it's nothing to do with terror. The, the true stampeding effort, and that's all it is, is to stampede the public through a massive change in their way of living to a totally ordered, controlled society where everyone's ID'd and cannot uh, travel anywhere or do anything without the consent they prove and being monitored by the government. You know, I, 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 that's why I wanted to talk about the, the Chinese. We've done all this trade with them. We are so beholden to them. We owe them probably our firstborn male children, all of us. Um, and yet they, they have terrible human rights abuses. They are attacking the Tibetans right now. Um, and they have the same thing. Everything is ordered, controlled. Are we just, uh, is this a demonstration to show us what we're going to be having here? You're right, because the United Nations has stated on more than one occasion, uh, it was also reiterated by uh, uh, Charles Galton Darwin, the grandson of Charles Darwin. He said, the United Na- this is in the 1950s, he said this, uh, he said, um, China will be set up as the model state for the world to follow. Hmm. And the United States, uh, the, the United Nations also has that published as well. China is the model state uh, that we've all to follow, including with their birth control policy that's mandatory. And also, now we have this whole thing about them having the Olympics coming up very shortly. With all of that's going on, and, and the media seems to be turning a blind eye to it, is it just another way to convince all of us that it's okay to deal with this this way? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you've got to understand, too, China... We know now that communism was set up by the big boys in the West. We funded uh, the Soviet system through its entire existence. We fed them from Canada and the States. And, uh, mm. um, and so was China. Same thing again. It was set up to be uh, a leader. And also China will be the, the main leader for all the Pacific Rim regions something that Karl Marx talked about in the 1800s, a United Americas, a United Europe, and and a a far eastern Pacific region. And China will be the dominant one, given authority over Australia and New Zealand eventually. You know, Alan, it kind of makes me laugh because uh, the U.S. goes and invades any country it it, uh, sees fit for whatever stupid reason. And I've always thought, you know, if China ever wanted to turn the tables and invade the U.S., I mean, we have a quarter of a million uh, military people. They have over a million, and they oh, have wonderful. and they have nuclear weapons. They they, they could uh, just run across the country, uh, taking control of it any time they wanted. Could they not? Yeah. yeah. And not only that, um, see, China was set up by the West. The boys at the head of China are all uh, working for the same people who own the Americas, who own Europe. The big bankers set them up. China, believe it or not, is just part of the same interlocking world system. Right. And th- their leaders will do as they're told by their masters, just like the ones in the U.S. and Britain do.
it's amazing to me. Now, I want to get into mm. some of these other uh, secret ways of getting information because it seems that these elite families, they have made darn sure that they have access to all of these secret modes of knowledge. Um, but lately, the Kabbalah has become very popular. Madonna is even getting into it. Yep. Is that one of the true secret ways of knowledge? The stuff that's taught to the public is not, including what Madonna is getting taught. Uh, the Kabbalah has coding within coding, and yet if you understand the codings, it only makes sense then. It's part of the agenda as well. Uh, so is the whole New Age movement phenomena, in fact, was created by MI5 and MI6, and the CIA in the United <laughs> States ran the whole New Age movement uh, that, that brings in Kabbalah, astrology, um, and this whole movement to past life experiences and so on, because they wanted... Uh, a society that would float through these changes and not look at the negative. They're all trained, it doesn't matter what school it is, you're taught that everything is fine, don't look at the negative. And meanwhile, you've got this big train coming up behind you <laughs> as sure. you mentally masturbate yourself in yes. rattle chakras. Uh, so <laughs> that was an intended way of mind control. It works very well. Yeah. Millions of people have succumbed to it. They're oblivious to what's happening in the world. They don't care what's happening in the world. Everything is in divine and perfect Boy, order. You know, and we know yeah. a lot of people yeah. who follow that train of thought. Yeah, sure. but that's of, true of all religions, whether it's the New Age movement or another one, If you, uh, in, even the Buddhists, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, you, you're going to have to keep coming back again and again, yeah. uh, you know, to get it right. And, of course, with the Christian, you've got the whole idea of heaven, and, and you're, you're going to do very well that way. That was all planned, too, a long time ago. It was that, all planned as well, me. and... Uh, but the mandates of all high masonry, uh, they have it written down there that they must destroy private property. It's the same as, as the, the Communist Manifesto, by the way. Private property, the end of all uh, national religions, and, and the bringing forth of a new age religion. The main magazine of the, the Freemason Journal, the, the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, in the 1950s published uh, uh, their magazine, and it was called The New Age. And they said that they would be responsible for bringing in the New Age and the New, New Age religion as we came through this big transition that they knew was coming all that time ago. Now, what is, the Ro what is Rosicrucianism, or what is that about? Because the that seems to be tied into... The first main branch to pop their heads up publicly in Europe, mainly at the court of the Queen Elizabeth I of England. Her court, uh, John Dee, Francis Bacon... Francis Drake and others, Walter Raleigh, were members of the Rosicrucian Society. Again, elitist-based, uh, they brought in, uh, they mixed in with Christianity at that time, um, some, a little bit of Hinduism and a little bit of Kabbalah, and uh, uh, put this all together. That became the, the foundation for what we now call the New Age today. Ah, so that's they brought the roots it forth, of it. But it was also behind it an elitist... Um, agenda. They believed they were the, tr the most uh, the, the hidden masters, as they called themselves. Right. They believed that they'd only come to Earth to guide mankind that was too incapable of guiding himself, and that they would have to come here to order it, to make it perfect. They kept talking about a utopia. <laughs> utopia sounds nice, but as George Orwell says, some are more equal than others in such utopias. Yeah. And that's how it's going to be. Their utopia is where they can vastly reduce the population of the world. You see the standing guidestones in Georgia set up by Rosicrucians. It's chiseled in stone there that they want to reduce the world by over three quarters right. of the population. Alan, we need to get to a commercial break. What a screwed up world we live in.
When we come back, I want to ask you quickly, this is our final commercial break. We only have a short amount of time about surveillance. I know you're in Canada, and surveillance and Big Brother is really bad here. And let's uh, find out what it's like in your country. When we return, Alan Watt comes back. Talk about surveillance. Here it is atrocious, most everywhere. How about in Canada? It's the same laws everywhere, yes. And uh, what do you think? They're, we know that they're trying to influence our behavior, by even if they're not actually watching us, making us feel that we are being right. watched. That's the big thing. Yeah. How does this fit into the new world order in a grand scale? I mean, will that make a difference in whether we accept this nonsense or not? It does. Uh, we're, they're allocating money all the time, more funding. They're already monitoring uh, everything on the Internet. I know they're monitoring a lot of people's mails, including my own. Uh, that's your paper mail. And um, they eventually want to put uh, tracking chips in the public. That This is admitted as major media. They'll be tracked by cell phones all around cities, wherever you go and they'll know where you are at, at every moment. Right. So to get a totalitarian system working, everyone must be predictable. And they gather all information on you, what associations you belong to, who you meet with. And they're even, they're even admitted in the paper now they're doing it through your cell phones. That's true. Where you go, your local library club or, right. or something like that. Then they trace every member of that club to see if they have similar... Um, viewpoints, um, interests, and books, that type of thing. You know, Alan, I mean to cut you off here, but actually just last week, somebody from Homeland Security in this country said, you know, we don't need to, uh, to RFID chip everybody because 97% of the population has a cell phone. And mm -hmm. with that GPS tracking in it, they do know where you are any minute, any second of the day. In your DVD that I just finished watching, Alan, you talk about how political correctness is one of the devices to use. Tell me about that. It's an amazing way. We, we, we know for a fact that uh, Zygmunt Brzezinski and Bertrand Russell all talked about a new method coming in that would control the minds of the public, bring them to what they thought was their own conclusions. But in reality, it was all being put to them through osmosis, through propaganda carefully worked out. Uh, that's all part of it. Most folk are arriving at conclusions by listening to experts that are provided. Uh, they'll fight over what they think are their own opinions, but they, and they don't realize they have no real opinions of their own. We're already under a scientific control of, of mind control, uh, a whole matrix system. And that has reduced our tolerance for people because people will say, oh, those, those Muslims or whatever, and they know absolutely nothing about them, yes. but they use what they've heard, and, and it's just reduced tolerance. It's politically correct to be anti-Muslim, mm -hmm. and that reduces tolerance. We need to say goodnight. There's no doubt about it. Again, the last remaining religion that has some kind of functioning society, we are dysfunctional now back here. Look at yeah. all the relationships around you. Everything is dysfunctional. The, the children are dysfunctional. The family units are gone. 
they've been under attack. Like they said, they'd have to destroy the family unit then a long time ago. And they're doing those, a good those job of it. countries that still have the family unit are now must be destroyed. Their culture must be destroyed, and their religion must be destroyed, right. too. All right, Alan, we need to say goodnight to you. Thanks a lot for joining us on the program. Appreciate it. I know your website is uh, chuck full of information at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Good night, Alan. Good night. All right, coming up next week, we have an amazing guest from Beverly Hills, uh, Joseph... Uh, Lawrence. Or, 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 Larry, Joseph. Larry Joseph. Larry Joseph, other way around. <laughs> and it's the funny side, the funny side, a rip-roaring funny side to what's happening coming up in the year 2012. Don't miss it. Good night, everybody. Thank you for watching, and remember, the truth is out there.